State of the Industry podcast. This episode is brought to you by the KP Movement Institute, offering online and in-person coaching services for those seeking pain-free movement, peak athletic performance, or to improve their overall health. Whether you've been training for years or are just starting out, the coaches at the KP Movement Institute will create a personalized training solution that fits your specific needs. Not only will you optimize your movement and function, but you'll be educated, empowered, and inspired towards a healthier and more active lifestyle. Contact info at kineticperformance.ca to set up your complimentary consultation today. Welcome back to the State of the Industry podcast. I am your host, Adam Youngsma. This episode is part two of my immensely enjoyable and informational conversation with the Wizard of Oz himself, Ian O'Dwyer. Ian is the director and founder of OD on Movement. He co-founded Feel Soma with his good friend Rodney Korn. He is also the co-founder of PTA Global. And through every step of his journey, he has questioned what we have always considered to be normal in training and instead worked to find a better way to achieve optimal health, well-being, and pain-free movement for his clients. Ian has taken his passion for helping clients move and feel better around the world by presenting over 500 workshops at some of the top fitness facilities and conferences around. During this episode, Ian continues to share his thoughts on how to create better relationships with clients through empowerment, how to look at the human being and not just the human body when training, as well as how to utilize play in training to optimize outcomes. If you haven't listened to part one, press pause, hop back, and listen to that episode first. Either way, enjoy, and I will see you on the other side. Welcome back, OD. Part number two, State of the Industry Podcasts. Part one was a blast talking off off airs. Probably even more fun than being on air because we can joke a lot about a lot of other things, but great to have you. Mike, great to be here, Ed. Great to be here, champion. So let's pick up right where we left off because play is a big thing. Like I originally learned it from you. I think the word was gamification is kind of the word that I originally heard from you or about the stuff that you do. And I've actually started to adapt a lot of that into the training that I do, because obviously I like, I take people's stuff. I steal it. I use it. Right. Like that's the whole point. That's the whole idea of it, brother. That's the whole idea. And yeah, I love it. I love the idea of play, of gamifying the different things that you do, whether it be, you know, stabilization exercises, whether it be just to reduce tension, reduce stress, deal with emotional uh, kind of baggage that people might have, might come in with, uh, but also just make things enjoyable for the client when they're in, right? Because as you said, if they're having a a good time, they're probably going to have different adaptations than if they come in and they're really stressed, they're upset, angry, and we don't address that to begin with, right? The body's going to reject any change we're going to try to stuff into it, right? If they're in a poor mood. So making sure that we provide that environment. So before we get into 
designing them and implementing them and adapting them depending on the client that we have, the issues we might be trying to address. What's the purpose behind kind of play and training and the environment and how that can help improve the relationship that we have with our clients by adding some of this play? I think the biggest, I feel the biggest reason that play came in to the industry, that I brought play into the industry was because I was getting bored. So I had a semi-professional, you know, sporting career. And it's the same old thing, Ed. We know the story. Chest press, shoulder press, squats, lunges, blah, 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 blah. And it looked nothing like the game. The game yeah. that I loved and the game that I played and the game that I, you know, blood, sweat and tears for. So, you know, I turned 40 and my clients bought in a heap of balloons. So there's 40 balloons in the room. And uh, I'm thinking, well, I'm not, a, I'm not a waste, not what not person. I'm not going to just pop these balloons and get rid of them. So I started using them as my warm-up drills. Yeah. And the biggest thing I knew was... The more they laugh, the better they move. Nice. The more they yeah. laugh, the more honest they become. The more they laugh, the safer they felt. The more they laugh, the more freedom that came into their ability to be able to move. There was less judgment. The more they laugh, the less inflamed they were. The more they laugh, the more positive they were. All these things yeah. that started to evolve from using a balloon. Now, I've had sports strength and conditioning, sports conditioning guys say to me, that's a joke. You can't use a balloon with an elite or Olympic athlete. I have. Mm -hmm. um, you can ask Chucky Whoop, he's used them as well. And, <laughs> you know, the results that we've got from driving a hormone response to a decrease in stress to better movement, improved, enhanced confidence, better decision making, the list goes on. But we've got to understand play is not about forcing people to play in a manner in which they don't feel comfortable. Yeah. It's about understanding how they deem play, what their perspective on play is, how they define play and then implement it in a style in which they feel comfortable because that's the safety and freedom, right? Yeah. So how do you do that? How do you determine when a, so if a, if a trainer's got a client who first comes in, how does that, that trainer determine what that client views as play? Because I know I've dealt with a whole lot of clients who are just like mm -hmm. super serious all the time you know, you're having a consultation with them, trying to talk with them. And I like to share stories that um, are either funny or at least that I think are funny and kind of are, make me seem vulnerable. And I, yep. I always find that that gets kind of the, the client opening up, but there's some, there's some hard nuts to crack out there. And Absolutely. Uh, so how, how would you, you do that to determine that with the client? And we have 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, whatever it may be. So the first thing, as I said before, you know, we've got to connect. So as part of that connection, my goal, when they're talking about what their overall goals are, what are your hobbies? What sports have you played? Because if someone comes in and says, oh yeah, I played AFL, you know, I've, I've been retired now for 20 years and I bring out one of these red balls here and all of a sudden yep. you can see the smile on your face, the, you know, the smile on my face. Because as soon as I get stressed, this is the first thing I do. I spent 25 years chasing this around an oval. It's about 200 meters long. I broke and hurt lots of tissue. But the joy it brings to me because the smell of leather yeah. brings an emotional response to me, right? Yeah. So I know that if you've played AFL, 
you know what three-dimensional movement is. I know you've got a competitive streak. I know that you'll just love touching this. Yeah. That changes the whole rules. Someone might come in and say, oh, look, I've never really played a lot of sport, but I love surfing. Oh, wow, I've got a sand bell. Sand bell's made of neoprene. It's full of sand. It gives them that feeling like they're on the beach. So straight yeah. away, there's an emotional change. Now, this person might be a person who's analytical type A. Yeah. Never played sport. They're a, they're a barrister, a solicitor, a lawyer, an accountant. They're someone who is very right side of the brain dominant. Mm-hmm. So they're very traditional. They like to know that they're going to do something that's going to help their body. They, they like to do known movements. So I might take something like a foam roller and say, okay, all we're going to do is, because they may not like to be touched, I might take a foam roller and I might just get them to do a simple squat using their terms or a sit and reach using mine. But that sit and reach using a roller now is going to start to drive their thoracic spine in a manner, in a movement that they know. And I'm just going to use my hands to say, you know, take the roller to here, take the roller here. But that movement I know is going to help their thoracic spine now get space. Their shoulder ring is going to get space, which is going to help their breathing, which is going to help their clarity, which is going to help their decision-making, which is going to change their emotional state. Because what lives in the shoulder ring? Your heart and lungs. Yeah. You know, what lives below the shoulder ring? Your pelvis, which just happens to house the viscera. So if I have an upper brain, if I have a heart brain, and if I have a gut brain, I've got to have all three of those connecting so I can get the outcomes to change that emotional mental state. Yeah. So it's really about the communication, understanding what their history has been, understanding what their goals are. You know, if you've got someone who's, you know, a person who is a gardener, you know, at some stage, there's going to be a kneeling position that they've got to get into. Yeah. So you might make a game where they've got to get onto a chair in a prone position and they've just got to drop their knee below the seat and then get back up. And you start to challenge them with how many they can do or you start to challenge them with with a position they can do it in because that's what the gardening looks like. Yeah. Right? So you're starting to attach to their emotion. You're starting to attach to their mental state through understanding what their history has been or understanding what their challenges are. That's the important thing. Yeah. I like that. Good games attached to the emotional side of things. Yeah. What's the emotional anchor that I can now lock into and help them with mm-hmm. because if they can feel wow i can actually get down to that chair now you know you know let's call it a plank position and i might just do like a mountain climber or something simple like that i might just take my knee across my hips now in a prone position even if i'm in a what i call a low hip position where your knees are sort of parallel to the floor but you've got a flat back and you just gently roll your hips from side to side that's a that's a swinging motion Mm-hmm. That swinging motion now becomes a great way to mobilize the thoracic spine to get the, the scaps to come off the rib cage. But at the same time, you'll hear elderly people go, gosh, that feels nice. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, a chair, not the most expensive piece of equipment that I've got in the, in the studio. Yeah. And just a bit of creativity, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's, it's, it's really understanding what they do, what their history has been, and also their tangibility or kinesthetics. You know, are they people who like to touch, be touched, or are they people who don't? Because yeah. then it's really easy to, to you know, bring in games. The biggest thing about games is understand when you bring play in, you can drive more stress into people 
on a positive note than doing typical strength work yeah because of the hormonal response because of now the freedom because of the type of movement that they haven't moved in for many many years so you've just got to monitor their threshold when you're playing with them that's that's the crucial thing yeah yeah making sure that you gauge how much or what position that they're in from you know their their history injuries health yeah. Uh, yeah. current state all of that Yes, yeah. and we've done that. We've done that check, right? Eh? Like it's. Yeah. This is the thing. It's it's for new coaches. Put them into positions. Like I've got four patterns that I talk about: a sit and reach, which yeah. means they sit to a comfortable position. Yeah. Uh, and and by the way, sit and reach is a pattern that we use every day, from sitting into a chair to sitting yeah. onto a toilet to getting out of a car. A step and reach, so not a lunge, because a step and reach can be stepping forward to pick up something off the coffee table. It can be stepping back into a transverse position to get something off the bench. It can be stepping out to reach up into a cupboard. So stepping is non-threatening. Sit and reach, non-threatening language, right? Yeah. So when it comes to play, you don't want them to feel like, you know, know, I can't do squats. Yeah. Good. We're going to do a sit and reach. Perfect. So all of a sudden- And hopefully they haven't done the actual like measurement assessment thing before. Correct. And they're like, wait, they get right right onto their butt. (laughs) They're like, okay, where's this box I got to push to? So there's all sorts, you know, even the thing I love, Ad, you know, every client who comes in for me, I get them to walk, right? Yeah. And my first comment is, how does that feel? And of course, you know what the answer is. What do you mean? I don't feel anything. Feels like walking. It's like breathing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do this for me. Turn your feet in. Turn your feet out. Walk side. All of a sudden, this whole conversation changes because it changes how they feel right but the thing is to see the smile on their faces because of the weird things they've got to do that's just play right yeah and and yeah bringing that awareness right like as you said somebody walks you're like it's just walking oh have you ever thought about how you're walking right the (laughs) you know stiffness here tightness here this thing's not moving this thing's not swinging properly you know have you ever thought about? Dude, have you I've tried... got four kids at home to worry about. What do you even think about walking? I haven't got time to yeah. think about walking. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. interesting. As soon as you can connect that awareness to them, yeah, it actually locks in. So yeah. there's the empowerment, right? Yeah. So this is what I love. At this is the power of, you know, us going forward as coaches now or trainers. What I really love is that we're giving people an opportunity to control their destiny because. Yeah. The most powerful time as a coach is when you are not there, as yep. we've spoken. It's the 168 hours of the week, the one hour that you've got with them, it's the 167 that they haven't got with you. Can you empower them to do stuff that's going to help them move, feel, and live better? Yeah. Love it. So I actually want to ask a question. This is off topic from anything that we have really been talking about so far, but it's always... I always find it's an interesting kind of conversation slash, I won't say debate, but discussion to have. Yeah. How do you feel when it, like, because talking about bringing kind of more introspection, right? Like bringing more mm-hmm. awareness to the body, to the movements, positions, feelings, emotions. How do you feel about, cause I can see there's a mirror in the background. How do you feel about having mirrors to assist with movement? 
Um, learning, learning. And that's, inter that's interesting. Yeah, no, great question. I have mirrors in the background. I've got a studio that's about 63 square meters. So it's not a big studio. I've been here 22 years. And as you can see, there's a, there's a brick wall at the very end. Yep. There's some whole body vibration. There's a cable crossover. There's some, you know, there's, there's a massage table. Um, the two mirrors that I've got in here, actually, there's, yeah, there's two mirrors that I've got in here. And the reason they're there is to actually make the room look bigger. So um, every now and then, if I've got someone who's an, an analytical type A person who wants yep. to see how they'll move, I'm more than happy for them to move in front of the mirror. Yep. But most people who move, they don't even know the mirrors are there. Yeah. Because the whole thing is, remember, if I'm creating a relationship, then it's about them and me. So we're moving and walking and, and working together rather than them having to focus in this rigid think because remember, subconscious drives motion, not the conscious. Yeah. So it's about, okay, yeah, I can show my position in the mirror with what I'd like, to do, like them to be, but generally they're facing me or I'll stand in front of them and turn my back so they can just copy me. So yeah. I've got no problem. If you're comfortable coaching with mirrors, that's fine. But remember, for me, it's always about how does the client feel? What do they need to give them the best experience? Yeah. And I always have a hard time when I'm thinking about having a client in front of a mirror, learning how to move, mm -hmm. and then thinking about how is that then going to translate into, mm. you know, as you said, the most powerful hours when they're not with the coach, they're not in yeah, front correct. of a mirror moving. They're Correct. moving a family member and they're lifting a couch or a heavy box or they're picking up a child picking or they're shopping yeah absolutely grabbing something off the top shelf like how how does that mirror help them in that if they we brought their awareness to what they see as opposed to what they feel feel and that's right? and that's the biggest thing is we've been so desensitized in the last i don't know 35 40 years because we've been told and not just in the fitness industry, but we've been told from school days, this is, you know, it's about what you know, it's about what you know, it's about what you know. Yeah. But the problem with that is about knowing is that if we don't understand what we feel, we can't reconnect. Yeah. Because if we don't listen to the biofeedback system and the biofeedback system is giving us information every millisecond of the day, and if we don't listen to it, then at some stage it's going to hit you, poke you, hurt you, get your attention somehow yeah. to say, hey, stop. Go and take some action. Do some something that it's going to help me get better. Self-care. Yeah. Self-care, the very first thing about self-care is making people aware of what their tissues feel. Yeah. Love it. And if we weren't only halfway through, I'd say this is a perfect place to end. Let's just stop there. <laughs> but, we're not going to end there. Um all right, so Ed, we've got so many things we can talk about. But I'm yeah. going to tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the the only limiting factor to this conversation, outside of maybe the clients that you have coming in later, is the fact that I'm <laughs> probably going to need sleep. to go to bed some soon because <laughs> I got to wake up tomorrow and work again. So, uh, when it comes to play, and it, just to clarify for people listening, does play make up? pretty much the entire session, the entire time that you're working with a client, or are you going to adapt that depending on the outcome that the client has? If they're, you know, as we were talking about, if they're an athlete and maybe, you know, cause I've had athletes come and say, Hey, 
my coach says I got to put on some weight. And like, sometimes that's just yep. something that they have to do. They got to put on muscle mass. Yep. Do you adapt play to help them do that? Or do you just have play as a piece of it while still doing your prototypical hypertrophy style training? Yeah. And then, and there's, once again, there's nothing wrong with, you know, if you've got to put on some size or whatever, but we've got to understand a few things. Firstly, can I create hypertrophy through play? Yes. Mm -hmm. Can I recap, re uh, can I create recovery through play? Yes. Can I de-stress people through play? Yes. Can I decrease inflammation through play? Yes. There's all these ways of manipulating play through the acute variables to create the outcome I need. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing that will drive that will be the client style. If they feel today that they come in and they want a high intensity session, and we've gone through and typically worked out through a questionnaire, a three-minute questionnaire that we have at Phil Salmon called a, um, it's a personalized regeneration questionnaire. And it looks at hydration, nutrition, it looks at movement, it looks at sleep, and it looks at mood. And they'll answer these questions really quickly and we'll get a score. And that'll tell us not only a score of where they are and where their intensity level is going to be, but also the areas that we need to affect through either a roller technique, a movement technique, um, to enable them to either lift the rating to be where they want to be or to decrease the stress to where they want to be. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some people come in and, they, and they're ready for a, you know, a 15 out of 15, let's go, let's rock it. And we know they're only an eight out of 15, right? Yeah. So we'll go through and give them the movement. We'll go through and give them the movement prep. We'll go through and say, okay, how are you feeling? Let's just do a recap on that score now. And they might've gone from an eight to a 10. Perfect. So that means the movement prep now is doing what it's designed to do. Okay, so let's go and do the first set here. And this first set now is, we. I want you to measure, I want you to gauge how you're feeling at the end of this first set or time, whatever it may be. Now, the really cool thing about it is because you're empowering the client to take responsibility for the session by them telling you their score, basically by saying, okay, tick, 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 beautiful. They now become more aware of, oh, wow, I thought I was actually, you know, had a bit more energy than that, but I'm actually quite, uh, I'm a bit flat, aren't I? I said, yeah, yeah. that's okay. We can still give you a spike because I can throw some play in there and I can do it in a manner in which it boosts their hormonal response. Yep. And by boosting their hormonal response, I know that that's going to help their immune system. I know that's going to actually de-inflame their uh, lymphatic system. I know that that's going to actually build some strength, but I'm going to do it within their threshold. Yeah. And the good thing about the play is nine times out of 10, if I get it right to the style of the person, they walk away with a smile on their face. Yep. Right? Now, I can, if I'm doing a hands-on bodywork session with someone, I'll still play because there'll be spots that I've got to go to and, and maybe it's the posterior butt, maybe it's you know abdominal somewhere that I've got to stick my fingers into to do some work. And it might be, you know, I know it's going to be intense, but there'll be a conversation. There'll still be some play so that there's not a stress response happening I'll, yeah. you know, I said, now listen, most people swear at me when I do this. And so all of a sudden there's a, okay, I'm okay with this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So everything I do is based around play. I've got a client who's, I've got a client who's 80, who comes in and he does a, a whole body vibration, 30 minute session twice a week. And I reckon the only reason he comes in here is to swear at me. And it is a swear fest for 30 minutes. And we laugh and laugh and laugh, mate. It is just unreal. But you know, incredibly intelligent guy. He's a guy who has had his own TV show years ago. He's been involved with politics. Like he knows the game. Yeah. And we get the movement in and he feels great. And it's, 
you know, some days you go, hmm, well, you don't feel like you're doing much, but at 80 years of age, his clarity, his movement, he still swims every morning. You know, he's still involved with a lot of um, businesses around town as on directorships. Amazing. Yeah. Just amazing. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's pretty cool, mate. It's, it's um, I, I fit whatever people need in to adapt to them. Yeah. That's the big thing. Play is an amazingly powerful tool. And from a Feel Summer perspective, we are going to have on the new website we're just doing, we're going to have a section on play um, down the track where we actually start to unpack it and how it fits and where it fits and, and how it gets the results. Because I truly think, you know, after all these years, Ad, there's still lots of people who are using it and there's lots of people who are teaching it, um, and which I think is fantastic. But we've got to understand where does it fit, who does it fit, and how yeah. do we get the best results with it? Yeah, and I think, um, and maybe this is a the good place to go next is understanding how to develop play exercises or play movements yeah. is really, really important depending on like the outcome that that client is looking for, as, as you said. And I think yeah. um, sometimes there's stuff that we do already that I would deem as play because I thoroughly enjoy them, but I'm like, Oh, I can't do this. The entire, I can't do this the entire session. Like I'm really enjoying myself right now, but I can't do this. Like I had a, a professional soccer player I trained back and he was, he was in Scotland. So I have basically like, if you know, like pro soccer, like probably mm. football is the same way, but they've got like a month off and then they got to be back. Yep. So they're, they're yeah, yeah. deloaded for two weeks. Yep. Then it's basically four weeks ish. They're off three yep. weeks. Yep. And then they're right yep. back again for preseason overseas again. And so you have a very, very short amount of time to do anything with, with the client. And for cardio, I always think back, okay, when I played soccer at university, we did this and I love this. I wasn't all that good at it, but I loved doing this. And it was a cardio yeah, yeah. workout in and of it. Like it was terrible. And it's basically, it's, we call it the horseshoe. And so the person stands in front of you, they run around you. So they cut yeah, really yeah. quickly. They get about eight feet out. You say turn, and then they volley a ball, but you throw a ball to them. They volley a ball or yeah. they had a ball or they chest a ball yeah. down and control it. And it's just like, they zip back and they're just horseshoeing around you. And it is yeah. crazy intense, like how hard it can be for somebody, yeah, but it's yeah. so much fun. It is yeah, yeah. so much fun. And so can you just talk about what, like when you think about play and, and maybe use a couple different scenarios, just mm -hmm. throw out a couple examples, like paint us a picture yep. of how we can start putting together different types of play. Cause I know you mentioned, we have to understand obviously the person, what they enjoy doing hobbies, sports, those types of things, yep. uh, what they do kind of on a daily basis that they enjoy like gardening, something yep. like that. And then yep. look at the equipment they use, but how can like, how do, so I know that somebody loves, you know, rugby and I've got a, or, or football and I've got to, I've got to get them interested in how do, how do I develop a game for that? So let's, let's, let's just backstep a little bit because you gave a really, really outstanding description of, of something, one that you love of two of anyone who's a soccer player, they're going to love because it's a skill. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's sort of delve into my mind of how we would break that down. Right. So if you've got that poor person doing a horseshoe, right? We might say, okay, on the spectrum, that's the high intensity end, yeah, right? But what we might say is, okay, how could I use that now as a really 
progressive or regressive drill that we can have levels of it. Yeah. Right. So we might say, okay, as a movement prep, what I might get the guy to do is instead of doing a horseshoe, he might be in front of me, but what we might do is you might, you might throw it at him and he's got to catch it with his left foot and then flick it back or put it to the ground and flick it up. And then he's got to, he's got to either head it or he's got to chest it back on his right side. Right. So now you've got a situation where the guy is in a stationary motion, but he's still got to move left to right, really yeah. small motion, but skillful, right? Still yeah. got the ball involved. I'm still buying into this because I like it. Right. Yeah. Then what might happen is they might, he might, instead of doing the horseshoe, he might come to you and you'll just drop it over to your right shoulder. He then has to flick it back up with his left foot. And then he's got a back step to where he started from. Yeah. Right. So now, I've just increased the intensity because he's taken three steps. Yeah. Three steps. Because when we talk about intensity, I talk about the six step intensity. This room is about 13 meters long. I only need people to put three to six steps of intensity and that's all they need to create the outcome I need. Mm -hmm. Right. That can drive a, a hormonal response like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. So now what I could do is I could have him facing away from me and he's got to, you want to call left or right. He's got to rotate to his left or rotate to his right, whether he's in front of you or off to the side and you're going to dribble the ball and he's got to kick it back to you. So all of a sudden now you've got all these little increments that you can then say, right now we've got to get into the horseshoe. Now I'm going to take it to the nth degree where yeah. I'm going to really drive a high intensity response to you, right? One game, there's four mm -hmm. simple progressions. Yeah. Right. So the whole thing about when you talk about play for me is play is easy because, you know, whether I've got the cable machine, if I was just doing a wood chop just to one side, I would be sort of saying, yeah, on a scale of zero to 10, it's about a four. Yeah. Now for me, how could I make that a six or an eight? Well, I want to get some more movement so I can actually feel like I'm going from side to side. I'm actually covering a bit of distance. So now I'm starting to get the heart rate up. So really, when we talk about cardiac strength, we talk about um, movement strength. We talk about everyday strength. We talk about um, speed and agility. We're now starting to incorporate everything because that's what life's about, right? Now, I, I often laugh how we break down stabilization, mobilization. Then we bring in, you know, um, core reaction and or reaction drills and then we bring in speed and then we bring in agility because realistically we can tie a lot of these in if we understand how we can progress or regress them yeah all righty i'm not i'm not, please no i'm not disrespecting any conditioning coach who says no no I, I do you know agility speed totally get that yeah but for people in off season i don't want a soccer player to lose his agility his quickness or his speed but i could bring in something with a soccer ball or even more importantly, I might even use, rather than a soccer ball, I might use a what we call a, a Yahoo ball here, which is just like a beach, a beach soccer ball, right? So it's yep. neoprene and it's now indoors and you might get him kicking it off the wall. You might get him heading it off the wall and just playing with different skill sets. Mm -hmm. That can drive a hormonal response, which is going to build HGH1, uh, HGH and IGF1, which is going to build muscle tissue or build tissue it's going to build the immune system it's going to create enjoyment but it also replicates repl replicates his game yeah so there's many many ways of bringing play in and programming it in without having to be specific the secret is understanding 
the style. I keep getting back to it. Ad. If we understand how much people like to move, you know, I've got a I've got a 65 year old who's quite kyphotic. He's quite rounded in the shoulders. But as soon as I put six steps of force into the ground and he starts to run up the studio, all of a sudden he stops and he's standing as tall as, as tall. Yeah. Now, who would have thought that creating six steps of force in a running pattern, and he's not running fast, but for him to be able to put force in creates extensibility in his hips and his and his shoulder ring, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's that whole thing of what do they enjoy doing? What can you do in your environment? And what gives them the outcome that they deem it as being a good experience? And the easy way to do that is ask them, okay, on a scale of zero to 10, where would you rate that experience? Where would you rate that session? Yeah. So play can be anything from tapping a balloon to throwing a sand bell. I can have play. Play can be doing a dumbbell bicep curl, but I might get them stepping, you know, I might call various steps, step left, step right, reverse step, forward step in a stepping pattern whilst they do alternating bicep. That's still play, right? Yeah. 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 I love so it. the only one who limits play is us. Yeah. And we'll limit it by not understanding the client's style, their level, and their emotional goals. Love it. And I like what you said. You said uh, we underestimate how much people like to move, right? Like oh, just because gosh, somebody mate. doesn't move doesn't mean that they don't like to move. They maybe have forgotten how much they like to move, but we underestimate yeah, yeah. That, that people, when people move, they feel better. The emotion yeah. changes, right? Just as much as the body changes as well. So love it. I've got a guy at his 150 kgs and he works behind a computer all day. And, you know, he's not really a people's person. He and I get on really well because of that probably. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but the funny part about it is he moves incredibly well, mm-hmm. incredibly well, right? For 150 kgs. So you think about that. I can bring him him in and his nine-year-old daughter and we'll play a game now every time he moves at 150 kgs that's a max lift that's a max effort yep right you got to understand that right we're playing a game but he's in max effort yeah now yeah he's got challenges with weight and he's got challenges with emotional stuff and he's got an incredibly intelligent but the thing about it is don't underestimate as much as he bitches and complains and doesn't want to when he does it and he sees the smile on his daughter's face and the smile on his face he loves it right yeah as i do it brings joy to our hearts yeah yeah there's no there's no greater feeling than seeing how much what you do affects the people that you work with right like seeing the final that that outcome uh, yeah. Even if it's just, you know, a sing- like after a single session or after the entire program's done, it's that, yeah. you know, I got my life back kind of feeling, right? That yeah. uh, like for that, that client and there's, there's really nothing, yeah. no thinking about it. It, it blows way past whatever the imagination can put forth in that, in that sense. Yeah. Odie, I'd love to talk to you forever, but uh, I'm just being <laughs> cognizant of time. <laughs> Well, not for me, more so for you. Uh, but I want to go through, I always do a lightning round with everybody whenever we're done kind of the the, the two-hour recording. And uh, it's three questions. It's just kind of first things that kind of pop to your brain. Some people are like, oh my gosh, or some people research it. Some people are like, I just like to see, and some people have no idea how to respond. So 
we'll just go through. Hopefully you've looked at them and you know, you pull out a sheet of paper and you've got all the answers, but we'll see. So top three books on any topic. So it doesn't have to be about movement or fitness or, or training or like anything. It can be anything. I, I would say probably one of the first books I ever read was uh and it was about the spinal engine. I think the book was about 1988. Um, phenomenal book on understanding how we actually move through the spine. Um, the second book that really I feel created an ease of understanding of the connection of tissues was obviously Thomas Myers' Anatomy Trains. Um, and it's funny because, you know, I've got four kids and my job is very different to most and, and reading is probably not one of my strengths, although I love it. Yeah. Um, and potentially probably the third book is always the stallion register of the horses to see what stallions are because I love breeding. I love watching what horses are doing and the different types of horses. So I've learned a lot from animals over the years. So I always love looking at, you know, and reading books on famous horse trainers and how they conditioned and what they've done and what sort of things. So yeah. they would be my three favorite books, mate. Awesome. And then um, I know you are a mentor to several people, including myself, but your three top mentors throughout your journey within the fitness industry itself? Um, well, I'm actually going to probably give you six. I'm sorry because <laughs> I can't separate them. That's all right. Um, Richard Boyd, who used to own PTA on the net, PTA Global, he's the guy who took me overseas. Phenomenal, phenomenal mentor. You know, we've traveled the world together many times over and gone through lots of emotional ups and downs. Um, fantastic guy. Chuck Wolf, of course, I mean, he's just a gentleman of, of life. Um, what he brings, you know, to the industry from a humility perspective, but from a knowledge and, and application perspective. Uh, Scotty Hobson, you know, there's no doubt, Scott is probably the, the man I would consider on energy system development and coaching. He's a great, great coach, great group friend. Um, Bobby Capuccio, you know, human, human change, behavioral change. Bobby and I, he's, you know, he's, well, they're all part of my family. That, that's, that's quite obvious. But what he's been through and what he brings through experience is second to none. Um, obviously, Michelle Delcourt, you know, Michelle and I still started on the road. And his wisdom, his, his knowledge is just phenomenal. Reads everything from quantum physics to comic books and memorizes every word, the mongrel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, of course, finally, Rodney Corn, who's just, you know, we started Feel Soma together and, and uh you know, we've been through a lot since 2002, as I have with all those boys. And um, Roddy and I have just grown closer in the last few years. But, um, you know, his ability to systemize things and once again, non-judge and humility is just phenomenal. So they've all had huge impacts in my life. And I couldn't, I couldn't bring it down to three, mate, because it's just not possible. I'm sorry. Hey, that's all right. And you know what? There's some people who are like, I'll give you one. And then there's some people like, once again, I can't separate. So everybody who I ever worked with. And then, yeah. Yeah, well, it's funny because, you know, I spoke before about that uniqueness. Yeah. You know, every one of those guys has a uniqueness that together is just phenomenal and have helped shape my life. You know, there's, I could have mentioned Tom Myers and those sorts of guys as well, but these are the guys that I've really spent time on the road, time away from family. You know, we've laughed, we've cried. We've celebrated. Um, there's been things in our lives that have happened that have been great and other things that are not so great. But they're your family that you just, you confide in and, and what you learn from them, not necessarily just verbally, but from their support and their feelings has just been amazing. Yeah. And I've had uh, two of them on the podcast 
and so I'll have to have a couple more. <laughs> so yeah, we'll get them on Monday. There's no worries. Yeah. And you'll uh, you'll love it because they just great guys. Yeah, because I've had Wolfie, and then I've also had uh, I've had Michelle on. So Joel. yeah, yeah. I'll have to have a couple more. Uh, okay. And then the last one is what piece of wisdom or advice would you give to 20 year old Ian? It's okay. Not to know. Huh? Right. Cause right. you know, what I've learned over the years, mate, is that there are no answers. You can know as much as you want to know and don't get me wrong. It's a great area to start. It's a great platform, but I've dealt with people in here with, who have been paralyzed, brain damage, spinal injuries, cerebral palsy, MS, um, stuff that's way outside my realm of understanding. And to see some of the results that we've got helping them just get a quality of life has been phenomenal. And it's not because of what I've known. Mm-hmm. So Michelle said to me many years ago, I've never, ever forgotten it and never will. Um, and I said to him one day, I said, oh, Michelle, I just don't get it. Like, I, just, I, I don't understand enough of this, right? And he said, OD, you haven't got it. He said, your life experience is far greater than most people I know. He said, you already know the stuff. You don't know, yeah. need to know anymore. Yeah. And it was just, that was just so humbling. And I was just, wow, that was a big stress I've had, right? So, yeah. um, and you know what Michelle was like. He's just one of the most beautiful guys you'd, you'd ever meet. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, so to wrap up, um, I just want to give you the opportunity to basically plug anything and everything that you do, <laughs> tell the audience where they can go to find out more about you. And okay. uh, yeah, floor is yours. Well, I'm just in the process now. So Phil Somer is, uh, is, has been the culmination of 22 years, 28 years in the industry, but 22 years as a professional coach. It's a self-care tissue management system. What we've got now, the website's coming very, very soon. We're probably only, you know, I would suggest days away from launching it but there'll be the digital immersion where you can actually go online and learn the scientific rationale the techniques and applications of how we get our results with people there'll be face-to-face events which at the moment won't happen outside australia just based on what we've got yeah we've also then got um we've got the corporate workshops that i'll be running once again in australia there will be also then a uh, a section on programs where we'll talk about movement programs which are programs that for people who have ankle issues or knee issues or pelvic issues so they're individual people who want to focus on a program and then there's a 12-week program and that 12-week program is more about to start with there's going to be a couple one's going to be called feel well which is about wellness and it's going to be a 12-week program and it incorporates movement prep incorporates movement strength and movement recovery yeah um and then uh we will have uh a movement library where i've put together 183 exercises that you can do if you want to work from home if you want to just do some stuff by yourself at a sporting venue at a gym or whatever you can actually access that as well so there's all these options there the uh the website is feelsoma.com it will be hopefully in the next 10 days or so it'll be live and uh people can gain access to me through there and they can contact me on a person who answers these emails mate so um, yes, i'm looking forward to it awesome and yeah it um i know instagram and and youtube like yep. you've got you've got stuff on there as well which yep. like I, i've watched and looked at a lot of the stuff um you do some stuff with your son 
and you do films with them. And uh, <laughs> so I always watch those and I usually watch them at a terrible time of year. Cause I usually watch them in, in our winter, which is when your summer. Smart. So you're outside and it looks super hot and warm and I'm sitting here freezing. I got my heater on and I'm watching your video and I'm like, Oh, I just want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> you're killing me, dude. You're killing me. But uh, once again, Thank you so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure to chat and uh, hopefully I can either be over in Australia yeah. or you can be somewhere in North America where I can fly to and we can uh, get together, chat, have a drink, whatever. At, at some stage, mate, the world's going to change and we'll, and we'll certainly connect again. Don't you worry about that, Ed. Take care, awesome. mate. Thank you for your time, yeah. buddy. You too. State of the Industry Podcast. I'll be back.